All right. I'm here. So, I'm going to talk at you. I'm going to talk as good as I can. I'm tired. I'm really tired. Um, it's been a weird. Um, it's been a weird week. Like I, I've gone to three shows this week, and it started out with Julian Baker. Is anybody here listen to Julian Baker? There's only like two or three of us. It is so like emo. It is like it is Pedro the Lion for another generation. She is a sad, sad girl. Um, but uh, but she likes Jesus, um, and so. <laughs> It's kind of funny. She's saying a couple songs. It's like, all right, so that's one's about why I don't think anybody likes me, but it's false because you're all here, <laughs> and I think you do like me. <laughs> so that was that show, um, and then I w- and then Thursday is me and Pocket and Benjamin went to Potato Pirates, and that that was not emo. And then I went to Rancid on on Friday, and that was not emo either. Um, so it's been this roller coaster, and I've been single dad this week. Uh, my my wife and my daughter are are in Pittsburgh with the Spitzers. We miss the Spitzers, uh, but so they get to see him. We don't. Um, but I'm tired. I actually started writing this sermon um, uh, last night at 11 p.m. and uh, <laughs> it's going to be good. I promise you. God's helped me out. So yeah, with that in mind, let's pray together because uh, I'm going to need some help. All right, Jesus. Um, I've prayed this exact thing a couple times, but I tried, okay? I tried. I kept your face in front of me, and I want you to love this. I want you to love me, and I really want you to love my friends tonight. Um, I know we're, a lot of us are tired. A lot of us have been working on a lot of things that we feel that you've called us to do. Um, we need your help. We need your love. So that's what I want you to do tonight. I want you to love us. Love us all. Technically, and honestly, it just feels technical this week. I want you to enjoy it. That's the first thing. I want you to be glorified. I want you to be pleased. So, yeah, do that. And then, yeah, love us. And if you get to those two things, then let us have a good time after that, too. All right. I love you a lot. Amen. Okay. So we're doing acts, right? Uh, we did identity sermon. There, this is, These are kind of a few. I didn't do Dave's. I haven't put Dave's poster up yet. But uh, we did identity service sir, uh, series. Who are we? Not not what do we do? Not not any labels or anything. Although we did two labels. It's who we are. A state of being series, and that was good. And now we're going back to Acts. We had gone through uh, like eighteen chapters of Acts, and then we picked it up uh, a couple weeks ago. Mike did. Uh, chapter 18, and then Leonor did chapter 19 last week. What was la- what was last week about? Riots, <laughs> riots, pretty sweet. That's a, that's a rancid song. Oh, yeah, I want a riot. Anyways, um, and so that brings us to tonight. Basically, Paul is is what uh, the book of Acts is following right now. His life. Basically, he runs around and pisses people off wherever he goes. Um, 
in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Where we are at is he's gotten chased out of Ephesus. He was hanging out with his buddies in Ephesus, and it was the longest place he ever stayed. Um, he was there three years, which is kind of a long time for him. And uh, But, yeah, riots happened, and they're like, dude, just go, just go. Like, <laughs> it's not pleasant when you're here. And you're going to get killed. I don't see a reason for you to stay. So he, so he bolts. And that's where we're going to pick it up tonight. But as a matter of intro, have you guys ever been thrown in the deep end? Like figuratively or literally? Like, <laughs> older brother's like, all right, let's teach Jimmy how to swim today. <laughs> like, oh, crap. Because that's what this passage is going to be about tonight. Also, before the show on Friday, I was thrown in the deep end. I work at I was a, I work at a, a motorbike shop, uh, Erico Motorsports, in like it's on Walnut in Rhino, and uh, I only work there like one or two days a week. And um, I was never trained. I can turn wrenches, like I I know a couple things, but uh, they just assume I know a lot more than I do. <laughs> It's kind of funny. So, yeah, the, 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 the deep end that I got thrown in on Friday is like, okay, Jesse, because there's all that bike race up there, you know, the, the, this weekend. And so we had to move everything around. That The owner is like in a rock and roll band, and he, he wanted to clear out the shop so he could have a concert there during the bike race. Um, and so we had to move stuff around, and, like, the general manager, Justin, is like, hey, Jesse, uh, get the fork and totally move that, that, that Triumph uh, the special edition across the street. And he just walks away, obviously thinking that I can drive a forklift. I can't drive a forklift. <laughs> it's like, what? and he was gone. It's like, all right, I'm in the deep end. <laughs> kind of look around. There's a couple people around. They didn't notice the conversation. I was like, okay. He really thought I could do it. It wasn't a like, this is going to challenge Jesse. This is just going to, you know, train him. He'll figure it out himself. No, he just thought I could drive it. <laughs> I couldn't drive the forklift. <laughs> and so I was like, I was just standing there for, I don't know how long. I want to think it was like just like a few seconds, like three or four seconds where I just stood there instead said nothing and thought in my head. might have been longer. <laughs> I was like, oh, crap. It's like, and everybody was scrambling, you know, because everybody's like pushing bikes around and like there's actual regular work that we had to do. And so everybody's busy and there's this like just this chaos. And I'm standing there, it's like, uh, deep end. <laughs> what do I do? Have you guys ever felt that? Do you guys like it? How many people, people like it? Yeah, okay. That's awesome. <laughs> Sometimes. How deep is the deep end? <laughs> Maybe ask a couple things. Yeah. That's awesome. It's bewildering. Anyways. I'll get more to the story more later. But that's where the church in Ephesus is. They are in the deep end. Paul has gotten them going. He's got them off the ground. Is like, all right, this is how we do church. Peace. <laughs> and he leaves. He just goes. He's like, ah, running for my life, running for my life. 
regroups with, with his buddies. And they're like, okay, now what? And just for the sake of, you know, understanding, like, they come up with the plan to go to Jerusalem. Or no, to, yeah, to Jerusalem. And, and basically, that's almost for sure worse. Like, they're going to hate him more in Jerusalem than they do in Ephesus. I don't know why they think this is a good plan, but that's the plan. They're like, all right, let's go to, let's go to Jerusalem. And uh, where they had fled to from Ephesus, so they were in Ephesus, riots, run away, now let's go to Jerusalem. And happenstance, Jeru- or Ephesus was kind of on the way to Jerusalem, but Paul's like, I'm not going back there. <laughs> it's like, I'm not, I can't do that. So, so they get on this boat, and they kind of start jumping this skips like 10 verses, uh, my explanation. Maybe it's, it would have been shorter to read those verses. Anyway, sorry. Um, he's like, don't go to Ephesus. Let's land at Miletus and just tell them to come to me. I'll, I'll talk to the elders. It's going to be good. So basically what we're reading tonight is, a, is this speech that he gives to the elders of Ephesus. Uh, and the elders are like, there's a whole bunch of house churches in Ephesus, and and there's an elder of each church. There's one elder at each church, and so the group of them is it comes to him, and he gives them this speech. And so it kind of reads like one of his letters, even though this is not one of his letters. But let's start reading it. When they arrived, the elders, he said to them, You know how I lived the whole time I was with you. From the first day I came into the province of Asia, I served the Lord with great humility and with tears. Isn't that funny when it's like, I'm so humble? <laughs> Note that. <laughs> and with tears and in the midst of severe testing by the plots of my Jewish opponents. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but have taught you publicly and from house to house. I've taught you like basically like I am now, public-like, and then I've hung out with each of you guys individually, house to house, church to church, family to family. I've taught you everything that's helpful. Verse 21, I've declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. Basically, he's setting up like, I did this, now you did this. All right, so this is the flavor. Let's keep going. Verse 22, and now, compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. (laughs) Isn't that so hilarious? I don't know what's coming, but I'm having dreams every night that I'm going to go to prison. It's like... I don't know why you do the things you do. I just have, like, Joshua Peebles flashbacks. For those of you who know Joshua Peebles, he used to be on staff here. And I've mentioned, oh, yeah, he preached last summer. And, and, and I, that was part of my intro. He's never made a decision that makes his life easier. <laughs> that is Josh Peebles. And if you know him, you're like, oh, that describes him really well. Everything he does is complicated. And he gets all obsessed. This is like Paul right now. He's like, why, but you, why are you, see, prison? So you're going? It, all right, whatever. He's on a speech. So they just let him, let him roll. 
Uh, verse 24. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. Are you like, oh, you hate yourself. That, okay, it's making more sense now. <laughs> my only aim is to finish the race, complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. And that is the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. It's compelling. It's like, all right, guys, I'm pretty much going to be done. Like, he's, it's almost like a swan song. He's like, I think I'm dead. I want to talk to you guys once more. But I'll see you later. Along those lines, verse 25, Now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore, I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of any of you. Okay. That, I mean, if you were there, you'd want to push the pause button. If there was a pause button, you're like, wait, whoa, 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 the blood, blood. You left. The riots are done. I don't think we have to do blood anymore, right? Dude, this is a heavy line. I declare to you today that I am, not, I am innocent of the blood of any of you. It's like, what, do you, what other dreams are you having? Are we in them? Verse 27, for I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Again, kind of said that before. But anyways, elders, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Uh, he actually uses the word guardians in this, in this, um, in this verse. So uh, guardians keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. That, that's a good verse too. Kathy, we, we, you know, we, we hang out in the staff together and we talk about the passage. That was, this verse 28 is Kathy's favorite verse. She's like, that's the verse. That's the verse that, that we all have to hear. Be shepherds of the church of God which he bought with his own blood. And we see that in Kathy, right? Kathy, oh, she, she's nurturing. She shepherds. She takes care of whoever's in front of her. And she knows it's God's. She's so tender. And so, yes, you under, I mean, if you know Kathy, you understand why she liked this, that verse so much. But let's keep going. It is kind of a long passage. Uh, Verse 29. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Bad guys from outside are coming. Watch out. Verse 30. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. Okay, bad guys from inside coming from after you, coming after you as well. Okay. So guard the inside, guard the outside from the out from the inside, and oh man, it's getting complicated. Bad guys from everywhere. Verse thirty one. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years I never stopped. I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Keep going. Uh, verse thirty two. Now I commit to you. Uh, now I commit you to to God and to the word of His grace, which can be built, which can build you up, 
and give you an inheritance among all those who are sacrificed or who are sanctified. I read that verse poorly. Um, <laughs> but uh, I commit you to God and to the word of his grace. The words to scripture. It's like, okay, I'm going, but it's not like you don't know anything. There's stuff that you can do. There's a big, thick book of it. For them, they were devoted to the Old Testament. That's the law. I mean, it's like Jesus took care of that stuff. Like, it's like, all right, my righteousness is what you need, but keep doing it. Keep being cool. There's plenty of things that you can do. There's no shortage of ideas for you to escort the kingdom of God into this world. So, uh, verse 33, I have not coveted anyone's silver or gold or clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. And everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. That's my favorite verse. 35. Everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words of Jesus himself is more blessed to give than to receive. I love that one. This is interesting. You know, like in, in Acts, if you got, if you got the, a red letter Bible, that's in red letters. And when we were uh, studying, the staff was studying, it's like, is that? What's the cross-reference? Is, like, is that in the Gospels, in the Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, in the Jesus books? It's not. It's so sweet. It's like, there's more words of Jesus that we get in Acts. There's more blessed to give than to receive. That's like one of the big ones that we love talking about that one. And it's in Acts. It's not like, you know, we said it in Matthew and, and Paul repeats it here. No, it's like, this is, this is the one time we get this one. It's like, ooh, another nugget. You know, because, like, imagine, like, you know, the first couple hundred years of Christians that are like, okay, the Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, those are so great. Like, hearing the words of Jesus. And then, like, Luke comes out with the sequel. <laughs> Acts. It's like, what? There's more? You know more words of Jesus? It's like, oh, there's another one. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Um, I think I'm going to come back to that. But anyways, to wrap it up, when Paul had finished speaking, he knelt down with all of them and prayed. They all wept as they embraced him and kissed him. What grieved them most was a statement that they would never see his face again. Then they accompanied him back to the ship. Uh, I thought that was kind of funny. What grieved them most was his statement that they would never see his face again. It's like, okay, we'll, we'll write. It's like, yeah, I, does that need to be said? <laughs> it's like, what else would they grieve? Um, and then I was like, okay, well, maybe if they find out that there's wolves in the walls and outside the walls, and they have to, that might grieve them a little bit, I guess. But I, yeah, not seeing Paul is what they were most sad about. That's the point of that verse. <sighs> I'm going to camp on verse 35 because that's my favorite. The scum of the earth, church, we're family. We're family. We live together. God, sometimes we live on top of each other. 
We're close. Some of you, I mean, like, Jake, I haven't seen you in a few weeks, but you're family, man. No matter where we go, we know each other. Some of you are newer. But I'm glad you're here. We've been knit together. We're on the edge of this kingdom of God together. I love being there with you. But you guys are work. You guys know it. Because you have worked as well. We've all worked for each other. There's like three verses with tears in them. Paul seems like this like vociferous blah 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 pontificating loudmouth. But he's emo too. Guys, I, I I cry at least every other week because of you guys. <laughs> God, why oh why are they doing that to themselves? God, why are they doing that to each other? Oh, God, make it stop. God, I don't know what to do. Please help me. Tears are involved in family. But it's good. To unpack 35 a little bit. um, Go back. Uh, In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. (sighs) It's consuming being in this family, being in the family of God. If it's easy, I don't know if you're in. (laughs) It's not easy. Family is good, but it's not easy. Like I, I, I... like to tell people, like, being a Christian and being married and snowboarding, all those things make life harder. <laughs> but they make life better. I guess I don't cry when I snowboard. <laughs> but the other things, like, I cry about sometimes. Like, God, I wish I could do this better. I wish I could help people more. And don't, the, this is addressed, his speech is for the leaders, for the elders. And so he's telling the elders, you got to help out the weak. Little definition, let's, let's unpack that a little bit. Does that mean like if you're not on staff, you're weak? No, it doesn't. Do you guys remember my, my, my 99 problems uh, sermon? 99 problems, but... Junior, I got 99 problems, but junior high ain't one. I think that's what I said. <laughs> if you've solved, if you've gone through something, if you've suffered through something and survived, if you've solved a problem that someone else hasn't, that is a way you can help. I used to hang out with all these students. I used to do student ministry, student college ministry, and I'd talk to them all the time, and they'd be like, ah, oh, I think I need to understand more before I really do ministry. And there's so many of those folks that, I mean, they're in school, so that's their mode. Like, oh, I'm here to learn. I'm here to learn. I'm here to learn. I'm not going to do anything. I'm here to learn. It's like, no, you got stuff to give. 
If you've been, if you made it through junior high, there are people in junior high hating it. <laughs> Give them a high five. Just say, uh, it's okay. I'm sorry she broke up with you. It's not the end of the world. <laughs> the week, for me, sometimes the week is Mike Sayers, even though he's done way more life than I have. And sometimes I am the week. To Pocket. Pocket today is like, he could tell that I was struggling. I was like, I am tired. Pocket made me macaroni and cheese today. I was the week. That role, that, that pair of roles, the elder and the weak, the provider and the need needer of, of help, that switches all the time. We go in and out of those modes every day. So believe that you can help somebody. And believe that you can be helped. That one I suck at. It's interesting how this breaks down. There's actually only two commands in the in the in this whole in this whole speech that he gives. He doesn't tell people to do much directly. He's got two warnings. Two commands. Where, where's my... Oh, I didn't think about that. I had them highlighted in red. I printed it in black and white. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, just suffice it to say, it's not, it's not actually my point. There's, there's, so there's two commands, there's two warnings, and then there's a buttload of see what I did there's. That's... What he's getting at is like, ah, you see what I did there? Ah, you see what I did there? I never stopped doing that, and I did it a lot, and I never stopped, and I cried. It's a strong implication that he wants you to do it like he did it. He wants you to work hard. He wants you to cry. Sorry, Steve. Steve doesn't like crying. He lays this out for us. He's like, this is how I did it. You should do it too. I'm not going to be around. It's a good way. You guys, a lot of us are tired here at Scum. And why? It's because we have this new vision, and it's because it's working. Our vision is that we are an outpost on the edge of the kingdom of God, finding redemption in Jesus Christ. It's happening. People are being healed. As new Christians, I dare say we've prolonged the life of people, this physical life, this one. And I dare say we've prolonged the existence People who were going to burn forever in an awful place are now going to live in glory forever in a wonderful place. That's good. It's happening. And it's not free. 
the the enemy is invested in our in our vision as as well and invested in so much as it needs to stop he wants it to stop invested the enemy is bummed that this is working out some of us are tired some of us have worked very hard every day and with tears a lot of i mean and it's not just the staff and the council's tired lots of you are super tired be helped if you need some help, say, ah, help, please. There's more to see. I hope none of us thought that this was going to be free. I hope none of us thought it's going to be easy. It's going to cost a lot. It's like, you don't just go for a stroll outside the kingdom of God is like, oh, I wonder if there's any redemption. Oh, pick it up just on a on an end table out in the wilderness. Take a sip. Oh, that's nice. Uh-uh. This is not Snow White Disney crap. It's more like Lord of the Rings, the last one, with lava and scary monsters. That guy with the teeth. Less pleasant. But everything to hope for. Everything to live for. There's a couple of things that I want you guys to understand about this. And, and, it, and it works out a little bit with my forklift story. Um, let's go to the three point. Yeah, I got three point, three point sermon. I don't know. Somebody give me, give me an A. Yeah. That's right. Thanks. <laughs> uh, let's do the first one. You're responsible for what you've heard. Verse 26. I'll just read it for you. You don't have to go there, Ben. Um, Therefore, I declare to you today that I am innocent of the blood of any of you. Remember that gnarly one? That's saying... You guys are responsible for what I told you. When Justin told me to, to take the fork and take the new Triumph across the street and walked away, I was like, I'm responsible now. No one else knows that this needs to be done. He thinks it's going to be done by me. I'm responsible. I have to make this happen. One way or another. You're responsible for what you've heard. Guys, if you've been here, if this is your first night, if this is your 12th year, you've heard a lot of stuff. This verse is basically saying you're responsible for it. <laughs> All the crap that you've heard, like me and Mike and Jesse and Joe and Katie and so many people say, you're responsible. <laughs> You're like, wait, what? Whoa, 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 whoa. I didn't sign. I didn't sign shit. I didn't sign up for this. It's like, gosh. It's like, like, if you open your Bible and you read it, you're responsible for it. That's what this is saying. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. 
probably like encouraging you guys to like not read your Bible anymore. It's like, whoa, crap, I'm not going to open that anymore. Ignorance is bliss. Seriously, it is. If you know you got to do something, and God of the universe told you to do it, there's some weight there. I had to get that triumph across the street. Like, okay, how are we going to do this? Let's keep going. Second point of my sermon. You're responsible for something that someone else paid for. So this triumph is like this special edition. It comes with its own helmet and its own jacket, and it's like a special special edition Thruxton. And this guy had special order, special ordered it. It's like, wow, this is sweet. So like, are we going to display this on the floor? It's like, no, no, this is this rich guy from Vale ordered this, and it's in, but you know, we can't get to it. It's like, oh, okay. So it doesn't even belong to the shop. It belongs to this guy. I'm like, okay, don't mess this up. (laughs) This cannot get broken. I can't scratch this thing. Verse 27 and verse 28. For I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Elders, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. You guys don't belong to me. You are gods. And I'm up here spouting truth at you, nervous as hell, because God paid a lot for you guys. You guys are expensive. Cost you, it cost God his son. He likes you guys a lot. And I'm up in front of you as like trying not to screw it up. When you, and when you love each other, when you take care of each other, that's something that's got to be on your mind. You are responsible to love each other. You are responsible to love something that is God's and very, very dear to him. So more intimidation. Uh, I hope you're further scared. Next point. It's a little, this is a little bit of a bone. It's going to help you out a little bit. You're responsible for something that's in pieces. In terms of the triumph, I looked in the crate, you know, I was like, okay, what is this thing? It was already busted. <laughs> the front fender was cracked, like good, clean crack, like separated. I was like, Ooh. so I took it, take a picture and send it to Justin. Dude, it's busted already. He's like, yeah, we know about that. It happened in transit. We've got, we've got another part coming. I was like, oh, oh, oh okay. All right. Takes a little bit of the pressure off. It's like, oh, this thing's busted. What's more busted? <laughs> Just kind of throw it over there now. When it comes to the church, who in this room is all put together? Oh, nobody raised their hand. Oh, shut up, Dave. You're not. You're the most screwed up. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
Guys, we are all in shambles. Some of us are in more shambles than others. I am not put together. I'm still, I'm a work in progress. I, it was painfully apparent that I got some work to do this last week. And so it was like, hopefully it'll chill you out a little bit. It's like, okay, well, Susie's already broken, so how, how much worse can I make her? <laughs> At the same time, Susie's already got some things broken. While we're wandering around outside the kingdom and we come across a pile of pieces that is a person, extra gentleness required. For a lot of folks on the inside of the circle, like comfortably in the kingdom of God have been there and like sheltered and well put together. Maybe they're more stable. Maybe they're a little bit more durable at this point, but we, we're on the edge. We're escorting people into the kingdom and we're the last stop for people on their way out that are getting damaged in all sorts of ways and places. Please be gentle with each other. A lot of us are like coming in and like, ah, I'm bleeding out, blah, I'm flailing. Those might not be the best caretakers at the moment. <laughs> Don't let the guy freaking out and having a convulsion try and put the porcelain doll back together. But all, I mean, we have that chaos here at Scum. We have people in pieces. Be gentle to each other. Be long-suffering with each other. There's hard things that we're all dealing with. Nobody's life is easy. We all look across the fence, check out each other's grass, and say, ooh, that's green. But nobody's, nobody's life is easy. Nobody's life is easy. Don't think that someone else's life is easy. Don't resent somebody for what they have or what they don't have. So, yeah. Like I said, I'm probably freaking you guys out more than is pragmatic (laughs) to get you to do this stuff. I'm probably, like, shooting myself in the foot. Aaron thinks I'm shooting myself in the head. (laughs) But then with the forklift, it's like, okay, then yeah. I drove the forklift. I did. I drove the forklift. And you're like, okay, why? You just scared the crap out of yourself. Why would you do it? It was like there was so much to lose. Like if I broke that motorcycle and it became mine and I had to work there paying off $20,000, it was an expensive one. Don't touch it, man. It's like, well, yeah, that would be rational. But I wanted to drive a forklift. <laughs> Driving a forklift is cool, man. It's like telling it's like telling Declan Weatherby that there is a monster truck in his parking lot with the keys in it. It's going to take 20 seconds for him to get in and start it. 
It's like, yes, I want to do this. And then 20 minutes later, everything in a two-mile radius is like every car and truck and bicyclist has been squashed by Declan in the monster truck. It's like, you just have to do it. You can't say no. I drove a forklift. And so, yeah, for that, like I said, there's that few seconds where I was like, I don't know. Uh, I guess uh, this is my problem. What do I do? <laughs> I, I, I made this decision. I was like, okay, I'm not dumb. I'm not dumb. Actually, my, my winter part-time job is de-icing, and there's these $400,000 trucks with like three times as many levers, and I handle that. It's like, I can do this. I'm doing it. Forklift! Fork yeah! The bike's already broke. <laughs> I've watched half a dozen guys and girls move this, drive this thing. I've seen it happen. I've seen the levers go. And I did it. I'd seen other people do it. Like these elders had seen Paul do it. And I did it. Drove it across the street. I was careful. There was a couple potholes. And so the whole thing, kind of the, whole, the whole crate shook on the fork a little bit. So I pooped a little bit. <laughs> but it stayed. And I got it in the crotch. And it was fine. A little bit of drama. I stained my scoobs. But I did it. I drove a forklift. It's cool. Guys, it's happening. This vision is, is going somewhere. And we don't celebrate enough. We don't. Yes, we might stain our scoobs a little bit. It's probably going to be worse than that. There's going to be days where you're like, I don't want to finish. Like, think of it like, oh, man, some of the pages, some of the parts in, in Return of the King and the Lord of the Rings stuff. Like, oh, it's like, yes, I want it to end for you. That's awful. But he had the world to save. Guys, we have the world to save. I want to find redemption. I tattooed it on my knuckles. Turning shit into diamonds. That is what I want. It's what I want to see God do. It's for me to live for. And there's times where it sucks. I still want to see it. It's not free. I'm going to pay for it. I'm going to say it's worth it. I know some of you guys have been... Jason, you killed it the other day. Jason's stepping into it too. Like We we love Jason. And he's super quiet. He's like kind of in the Gilberto club is like these guys that look super hard. And then you talk to him. He's like, oh, you're super nice. Gilbert or Jason was just walking by. I heard about the situation. Like so this, this person was freaking out, losing their losing their mind. And and Jason and this is if you know, Jason, this is kind of a shock. Is Can I pray for you? And my, this, my wife was the person that, that saw this happen, and, and, that, and you did. You did pray for that, for that person. And my wife is like, 
and my wife is telling me this, and I'm like, wait, Jason Bricklick? <laughs> he's, he's so shy, so back off. But Jason wants to see this vision. And so he's stepping further into things. He's doing things that he wouldn't have done a year ago. Because he wants to see redemption. And that situation was better that night. We all can do this. Be looking to take care of a problem that you can take care of. It's going to cost you. But probably within two hours, you'll have switched your role and you'll be the weak. You'll have somebody that you'll need to find somebody that will care for you and love you. And then you'll go back out and take care of somebody else. And then we'll all just keep doing that for each other up and down over and over again until there's more and more people in this place feeling the love of God. Finding redemption in Jesus Christ. So keep coming, my friends. Don't stop. Do it every day. Love you guys.